0: We're not really penetrating the surface. We're like literally saying as much as we can in like a five-minute segment, and you have to like tie it up really pretty. And we're not really used to doing that. And granted, we can. And like, don't say fuck, don't say sex, (laughs) don't say pussy. You know, like we've been obsessing (laughs) about this for two weeks. Like, don't say fuck, don't say, don't say bitch, don't Don't say bitch. bitch. Until like the last appearance, Erica was like, "Moms have sex," and I was like, "Whoa!" (laughs) "Whoa."
1: It was the New York News, daytime news. I felt like it was if it was either then or now or go home.
0: Welcome back to Good Moms Bad Choices. I'm Erica and I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday! Happy Wednesday! It's Wednesday. Oh no! Please stop before we lose the the people who just love my voice. They've been
1: waiting for this. My raps and
0: my singing—that is false. That's just false. I'm I'm telling
1: you, my my next phase of life, I'm going to retap into my my E&J phase, and I don't mean
0: Eric and Jamila. Well, then you need to not sing here. Hi, guys. It's Wednesday. We're here in the stew. Good, good media. We are finally home after a lot of weeks of traveling. So
1: many weeks.
0: We've been to, like, I don't know. We've been gone, like, the last three weeks of the four weeks that we've had.
1: We've been to three places. We went to Atlanta to go record with Samaya. Shout out to not jade, just Nova. not just another sex podcast in the se content house recorded with jade
0: We went to mexico we
1: went to mexico
0: to do some spiritual shit
1: and we came back for like one and a half days and then went to new york no that's not true yeah. we, we came, went, came went back from one and a half days and went to, from atlanta then went to mexico then came back for like six days and then went to new york
0: yes and now we're here and um i'm not gonna lie i'm I'm a little bit depleted, guys.
1: A lot has happened. Our book is officially fucking out. We're published authors. Yay. We have reviews on Amazon. If you have gotten the book, please, and you liked it, and you loved it, please, even if you hated it, still leave a positive review. Go on, go on Amazon, go on Barnes and Noble, go wherever the fuck you bought the book, and please leave a review. I saw a lot of white women with thousands of reviews. Thousands. If the whites can get thousands, we can't get thousands. We get thousands of listens a month. I mean, an episode. Thousands and thousands.
0: I'm wondering if it's just like the lack of support in our community or is it like are there just more white people? Or are white people just like more like excitable? Not, I wouldn't say Karen-y? They want to like tell the, they want to well, tell just, how they feel. They're just safe. Like okay, like we're okay. Let's look at the like let's look at the book world. Let's look at Amazon as a micro microcosm. Let's unpack this. Let's unpack. Let's this. unpack this. I need to unpack this. I've been asking this for years. <laughs> is the microcosm of the world is that like we are a small percentage of the women like that are a little bit like raw and crazy or is everyone just, and everyone else is safer and so the white women are safer and it's like you're just like doing the safe thing and you're going to get the reviews or do white people support each other more or
1: i think white people have been trained to have a follow through with the support we don't we haven't we haven't got the follow through yet together we support i think we support each other there's still a lot of haters but we do support each other we're we're kind of turning that leaf now especially as women especially as black women but it's the follow through after the support Like after you've read my book and I give you all that, all that fucking tea that helped you.
0: Are you then going to go to the, I need you you to go and write a review, you know, like, or do like, are you going to subscribe to the newsletter? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm guilt. I'm guilty of this as well. As as a consumer, I don't, my, my follow through isn't strong. I've had, I had a cart of Sheen for like five days. (laughs)
1: Bitch, we ain't getting that on time now. Oh, I am. Okay, so I, do I need to go on gene
0: also? I mean, today's the last day. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Before we unpack this, though, because this seems like this is going to take a lot of brain power... <laughs> Let me hit my backwood. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need a backwood? If, we're, if we need brain power, bitch. <laughs> For brain power, I choose my vanilla backwood. It always gives me brain power.
1: And this time, I rolled it. I rolled the backwood this time. I finally figured the fuck out. Um, Jamila has been our official backwood roller, but now I have created. Look at this baby!
0: Wow, it's beautiful, isn't
1: it? I mean, I think that my joint rolling skills have come into um, handy at this point. I did put a good amount of honey. I think I might have put a little bit too much, but
0: it makes it burn so the fuck cares. Exactly. Let me hit it. Let me mm-hmm. check it out. Okay,
1: tell me. Tell me if you approve.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. It's like- hi- that? It's hitting. Okay, it's hitting. <laughs> <like that. laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, time to unpack this. Okay, unpack. I got thirty items though.
1: For twenty two dollars. Two hundred. Yep. (laughs) At
0: least 17 bathing suits. (laughs) When you see me shining in my sheen, don't say shit.
1: (laughs) Girl, I listen. After our last retreat,
0: when fucking everyone had
1: sheen, I was like, okay, well, I know that this is toxic and I'm not a proponent of sheen, but the shit was cute and it was fast and it was cheap.
0: I'm I'm predicting that maybe like...
1: And so um, when our last retreat hit, I bought a few things on sheen. Yeah.
0: Oh, that cute dress you gave me too, right?
1: Yeah, about... 65% 65% of it was terrible. Well,
0: that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm already expecting that 20% of it won't fit. Like, I, you know what? But I love it. No, shoe. no, no.
1: It will fit you. It won't. It doesn't fit me.
0: That's why I like that type of shit. Because, like, there's a, actually a category that says, like, itty, itty, like, tiny, like, I don't know, itty bitty or something. And I was like, yes, the smaller, the better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, that's, but, but our follow through isn't great i know mine is it, Is it just i don't know what, what that is but we need to be better we really need to support each other more um because i'm not gonna lie like the white influencers are out here winning i mean and not to mention that brands are like cutting them bigger checks because you know they probably are safer and they are more like i don't know uh marketable
1: girl it's just racism yeah, and so. unconscious bias unconscious I, you, no bias. one no one should have ever showed me taught me that word when
0: did you, you must have learned it this week no no no. i've
1: known it for a, a while i've known it since the pandemic when we had what's her name the unconscious bias person on don't you remember the girl we met on the internet and she teaches unconscious bias? she we had a zoom with her we had a zoom episode with her i think she's called like the something adjuster the conscious bias adjuster she's
0: black yeah that sounds familiar. Wow, that's crazy that we've had that many episodes. I think I thought I knew everything. That was
1: a long time ago, but she I I had never heard it. I mean, I've always known that existed, but I didn't know there was a term. You don't have
0: like the like legitimate word for it. Yeah,
1: but it is true. You don't no one should have ever show me that word because I've been saying it on all of our calls.
0: She's been using that <laughs> word in the meetings. I was like, Yeah. Sounds
1: like unconscious bias to me, I guys. I'm not sure if it's
0: unconscious bias or it's intentional, it's
1: it's, a, it's it's a nice way to say racist without saying racist. It makes white people feel, feel like a little more comfortable, but feel like they can work with it. Like, it's manageable. Like,
0: oh, no, are we being... Are we being racist on accident? We can't have them think that.
1: <laughs> like it was unconscious, guys. So it wasn't really racist. It was unconscious. So
0: I mean, but but the fact of the matter is, is like even we ourselves suffer from unconscious bias. We are like when you live in a world that is uh, created like primarily in white supremacy, like you too will will react in ways and in and, and ways that are definitely like so in support of the whiteness. Yeah, you have no, you don't even realize it.
1: Of course, like you might be more inclined to trust a white travel experience than a black travel experience
0: I mean because I'll be the first one to be like like, um, how black are we talking because like I've you know we've all gone to our people shit and they take long and they be rude and like you know we've all dealt with us in customer service and it can be great and it could sometimes be like it's given you don't give a fuck and it's frustrating and like it's frustrating for me as a black business owner just like a customer service person in general like don't half ass anything like I hate that shit like why are you here just go home mm-hmm don't make everybody else's fucking life miserable. Anyway, leave a review on Amazon.
1: <laughs> With all that said, leave, please leave us a review. They matter to us. They matter to the future of our next book and just the support um, and getting us in the algorithm on Amazon and all the places and spaces. My goal is to really have this book in an airport. I don't know why that's really important to me.
0: Because I told you it was hard to get books. It,
1: because in, I just really feel like if someone book book saw stores. this book at that airport bookstore, on you're gonna about to have a long flight you're like who are these bitches i want to know more i'm a good mom i've made some bad choices look at this it's bright it's pink it's yellow
0: i feel so relieved now that it's outside um i was having a lot of anxiety around it but now that it's outside i feel like <sighs> yep i wrote it bitches Read it and weep it.
1: I just, I have, I, I, same as well. I think that the the feedback that we've gotten from all different types of people is what has made me feel so good. Like men, people without children, people that don't even want to have kids, people that are way in their in their pregnancy journey, people that are just found out they're pregnant. Like, and that was my hope, and my hope has come true. Is that we are good writers. Yes. Yes. And that it is, it is a good read. It is a, it is an easy read and that it, it takes you on a journey. You cry, you laugh. Like those are all the, those were all of my hopes because that was, that's kind of the journey of, of my life and my life as good moms, bad choices. There's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of joy. There's been a lot of hard conversations, transformations, mirror work, you know, all those things. And so I, my hope was that I could encompass all of this in 200 and whatever fucking pages, 80 pages that we have. And I think we did a good job.
0: No, I do. Um, Clarence, our good friend from the podcast movement too, <laughs> um, hit me up and he was listening to it at work and he was like, yeah, you know, it was difficult for me to read. I was like, why? He was like, well, I'm a man. And also like, you know, I guess I just only, I really, I didn't realize you guys had lives before podcasting. And I was like, yeah, we are people. <laughs> and I'm like, how many people feel this way like we are whole ass people and we've experienced shit and like we've been dumb bitches we've been in fucked up relationships we've been cheated on we've been like talked down to like it's just like it's so crazy how people um, once they see you in one way they like it's hard to see you outside of that even the other fucking day I should kick Nellie's ass Nellie hi Nellie in Miami she, she, <laughs> I was put we were posting on good moms and she she was like <laughs> remember when you was schlepping all that shit around LA being a mobile esthetician <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" (laughs) Yeah, bitch, I do remember. It wasn't that long ago. Oh my god! But it's just like you know, I really enjoy our book because it really reminds us just the humanness of it all. You know, like this has been a, a process. There's been a huge evolution, and like even for us, e like we've put so much effort in the last two years to focus on this book, the promotion, the marketing. If it's good. Every, if everyone's going to be okay Like Should we put this in there Should we not put this in there And I just feel like You put all your Like Not all your eggs in a basket But sometimes As like humans And like Americans And we're like Constantly go 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 We're meeting these goals And we're checking off these lists And then you get to fucking The Today Show And they're like Action and you're like Yeah and then da, 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 And then it's over And you're like ah. And then you do all these things And the book is out And you're like Did I, did I, did I turn into a fairy godmother? Like (laughs) you're waiting for some, like for your pumpkin to arrive or like, you know, like I don't know what you're waiting for, but it's just like, huh. And then it's over, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like it wasn't so exciting and so invigorating and great and fulfilling because it was, but I really think like the most fulfilling part was getting it, like getting it done (laughs) You know, and obviously seeing it come together and the cover that we designed ourselves and the shoot that we curated ourselves and like, you know, the words and like all of those things. But I think like the biggest lesson in this is just like being present in every single moment of the journey, Mm -hmm. you know, just being present and like the beginning, the middle, the end, you know, like, you know, it's just like having a baby. But like, did you enjoy the sex? (laughs) You know, so it's just like it, it was a lesson to me. It's just like. This is cool, and it's been amazing, but the most fulfilling part even still is getting the feedback, hearing women be like, oh, my God, I relate to this, and oh, my God, I relate to that. Oh my God, maybe we should read a review, because that one review I sent you was really, really nice. Okay. Um, but how was, what, like, how was it for you? Like, I, I know that you experienced similar like big, big highs, and not lows, but kind of like...
1: You know, I think about my friend, Ashley, who she does like these big events. And she's always talking about how like, she has these major come downs after like putting so much energy towards something so important. And then like, she feels really depressed afterwards. And it's weird because like, she does this thing, it's successful, everyone's happy for the most part. And like, it's a career high. And then it's over it's almost like you've your energy doesn't even know what to. it's still going so it You're doesn't drilling, know what to, yeah. it doesn't know what to do after it's over it's like what are we doing now okay what are we doing and it's like there's nothing else to do bitch that's it have a seat <laughs> and so you know I definitely it was a lot of high highs but also like realizations for me and I told you this after we did the today show was like people put so much emphasis on these like these appearances, right. These national publications that are supposed to like get you to the masses and all these things. And, you know, I just feel, I realized after we did that, that I love being able to, I guess, spread or get access to a woman or whoever needs to hear the message that may never have heard the message in any other capacity, except they watch the Today Show and here we are. But there's such hoopla around it. And I just feel like our brand is so authentic and it's so real and it's so – it has so much substance to it that some of these kind of appearances feel really fleeting. They feel a, a bit like salesy, a bit shallow.
0: <laughs> well, because we're not really we're not really penetrating the surface. We're like we're literally saying as much as we can in like a five-minute segment and you have to like – it was tied up really pretty. And we're not really used to doing that. And granted, we can. And like, don't say fuck. Don't say <laughs> sex. Don't say pussy. You know, like we've been obsessing about this for two weeks. Like, don't say fuck. Don't say, don't fuck. say bitch. Don't, say, don't bitch. say bitch. Until like the last appearance, Erica was like, moms have sex. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, whoa.
1: It was the New York news, daytime news. I felt like it was, if it was either then or now or go She's home. Like, I'm
0: wearing jeans. <laughs>
1: I wasn't oh my wearing God. jeans. No, bitch. but it reminded me, it reminded me, of, oh my God, what the fuck. But is- you know what? I felt like mo- more like myself during that appearance than any other appearance that we had done. And I think because I had finally kind of come down from like this, like, this idea that I we had to like I I guess perform in some sort of way and like become these like hyper versions of ourselves in order to like get to the masses. You know, me and Mila had watched like these other people on the Today Show that are like fucking caricatures and are like doing skits and like are loud and they're like blah, and we're like, oh my god, are we, do we need to be loud? Do we, need do we, perform- do we need to have like a, a one two do 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 like thing, and you know. So then, by by the time we got to the the daytime news show, I was like, "Fuck it."
0: Wait, you know what it reminds me of? This is so random, you guys. This is like, wait, what's the what's the epic Whoopi Goldberg movie where she's a nun? Um, if you wanna be somebody, uh, oh my god, I can't. What the sisters? Yeah, sister act. Sister act. You know, on that one performance at the end, they're like, "Sister Mary said, take off our robes. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, take off your robes. Just go as you are." That, that's that's how that's what i was feeling like, okay. fuck it just say the thing say fuck
1: <laughs> i know we we're we we're backstage and the uh, the person who came from our pr company we were like can we say sex can we say she's like um she's me- like let me go I check i said check. i said don't check don't
0: ask don't ask
1: don't, don't, we don't, ask, don't no. ask don't ask let's just just go for it <laughs> so i don't know i felt overall really excited really happy Definitely had the crash some somewhat depression, not going to lie. Also, there were other things happening in the background of my life that were that were like kind of trying attempting to overshadow this moment. And I was like in conflict, trying to fight with all my might to like say, no, I've worked too fucking hard. <laughs> I've worked too fucking hard to let anything or anyone. Nothing can ruin this. Overshadow this. Like literally on the day of my book, lunch, this mother, this person was trying to fuck with me. And I was like, do you know what today is? Like it's bigger than my day It's so much bigger at this moment for me. Like this is like a culmination of so many moments beyond this fucking moment that I can't, I cannot even give this energy right now. I have got to get the fuck out of this room. I got to get out of here because I, and cause I was already feeling emotional. I felt like I was, I, that night, like when you went to go to Times square to see our, our billboard after I got off the phone with you, I was just like in the room crying. Like tears of joy, just like crying and crying and crying. and then in the morning I woke up and I was still crying for multiple reasons, but specifically because of our because our book was out and I just it was cathartic. it was like finally a release of like, okay, it's out in the world,
0: do its thing, but I don't feel like i've I, I don't I don't feel like i've I've reached that yet like I still feel like I know I told Erica like I was in the hotel room and there there was like a book on like in front of me and I was just like I propped it up so I could go to sleep and look at it. So I didn't, like, I had to keep telling myself it's real. Like, I went to the bookstore. I found it in the bookstore. And this woman was like, this is you? I was like, yeah. yeah. I went to the Times Square. I watched. I was, like, the first one to watch it come up. And I was like, this is crazy. And I still was like, this is happening to me, right? Like, I know that's my face on the book. I see it. But, like, I, I told Orlando, like, it feels like I'm watching it happen to someone else. Like, it doesn't feel quite real yet. And, like, I don't know when it's going to kick in. But it's just crazy. Like, you put all this into it. And, like, even for you struggling to, like, fight, like, life happening, it's just, like, we write this book. We put all these tools and tricks and shit. And, like, this is what you do. And then you still have to, like, you still have to be clear about your energy and who you let into it. And, like it's just like it's a never-ending lesson and you can literally birth a book about it and still have to follow your own practice and pre like practice what you preach Mm -hmm. and i think for you that was a huge lesson in that it's like when you have something epic going on in your life that you've worked so hard for and it's finally coming to like fruition and there's people in your like in your field that are even remotely throwing off the energy it's like hmm Hold up now. Yeah. I mean,
1: I was super hypersensitive anyway. Our book, the week our book came out was like a full moon and fucking, no, no, it was an eclipse in Scorpio. It was a full moon. It was our book launch. It was just all these things that were happening, and then, like on top of that, my baby daddy was back, like in 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 on like the shade room with some ghetto ass fucking shit. That I was like, it was like all these things happening. Uh, what are the it chances? Couldn't, it couldn't have happened at a at a better time because specifically that moment with with whatever he's you know dealing with. I it was it was a real testament to the book and just that you can get over it you can disconnect and that was a that that moment when that showed up it doesn't affect me really I mean it does whatever his choices do affect my child in some way but it was a I would not maybe not the first time but it was a reminder that I don't I am so far removed from this person and if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning you know me and Mila have talked about like this like in this this cord that we have connected to our child's father and like wanting to like disconnect but it being so hard because not even because you love the person you want to be with them that's not even what it really is about it's just it is it's kind of like this this morning of this family dynamic and it's not even wrapped up for me at least in like I love this person I want to be with them it's just the idea of family and us being in this space together and this ghetto shit popped up on the shade room and that I knew was coming I knew it was going to come out at some point or another And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm a spectator. I am eating popcorn, watching this play out, and it has nothing to do with me." Even though they were there were comments about me in within the drama. Yeah, the other baby mama was like, "He even tried to turn Erica against me, but I he she knows that I will fuck any bitch up." And I was like, "These baby mama choices."
0: I told I like listen. I was just like you know what I try, I, I try not to judge publicly but I don't the this thing has is, been is like trauma.
1: I've never like engaged with really any of them besides you know his well not his recent one but the one before that who's lovely and she's fine but I just was like wow I really dodged a ghetto ass bullet and this is really the it wrapped up in a bow delivered like see you're fine you made the right choice don't ever doubt your fucking intuition and, and, and your, your ability to transform, to take a negative and transform it into a positive. Cause that's exactly what I did, you know, after the breakup, after me and him broke up, we started good moms like four months later. Like it was very fresh mm-hmm. from that breakup. I think we broke up in October. Uh, mm, end of September of 2020 2017 end of September and then obviously there were a lot of other hard realizations that I had to you know confront after that you know we talk about this in the book that my you know my child's father had a a girl pregnant when we were together and I was planning our wedding Um, and it's something I've I kind of talked about on the podcast but I haven't really dove into because it was painful back then Also, I just didn't want to give him a lot of ammunition because early on he was trying to act like my podcast was about him and I just really wanted whatever the story was to be about the transformation and not about like what happened there. Drama. But with everything that happened, with that, this news breaking that, you know, was news for like 24 hours because no one gives a fuck because who cares? Um, I was just like, I was felt. I felt like joy, <laughs> not for his pain, but like joy that like you made the right choice. Not even the right choice. That I don't give a fuck. That it didn't even put a blip in my day, I, and and not even because I care about him, but even for my daughter, I didn't even. I don't want to say I don't give a fuck with how, how it affects her, but
0: I'm like, you're so she even she's you've removed her even from the trauma because it's just because like... I
1: feel like I've been carrying. It for the hurt and pain for her too. when she isn't even like, you know, when he when, I, when we found out he was having another baby and like there was that conversation that had to be had where he was going to have to tell her that she has a brother. I was so stressed out about that moment thinking it was going to cause so much trauma to her. Like, I thought for sure she was going to, like, have a bunch of questions. She was so young. And not even, like, she was going to cry, but just have, at least have questions. She didn't ask one motherfucking question, okay? And I still don't really know, like, how, you know, now he's had other children since then, and he has another one on the way, supposedly. Um, But I don't, her traumas don't have to be my traumas, and, like, that was also a big lesson. Like, I don't have to carry this for her.
0: Right. Let 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 her figure that out. Right.
1: You know, and so when that came you out... you can't
0: control the other person.
1: Yeah, because before I'd be like, how are you going to tell your daughter you have all these fucking baby mamas everywhere? <laughs> You're a, a rapper statistic. How the fuck did a girl from the Valley end up with a Gary nigga who just keeps having babies all over the place? <laughs> Love. And the
0: ba- the baby mamas, oh, have they changed they're definitely each in their own lane
1: but you know it was just it just felt like wow this news breaking during that during that happening was a reminder of that and then even just what i was going through you know behind the scenes was also a reminder of that like you've worked too hard to like you've worked too hard you've done the work you're not perfect there's a lot there's more work to be done but you know yourself you know what you deserve and you know that your intuition is never fucking wrong and if it ain't adding up it ain't adding up
0: <laughs> it just doesn't make sense yeah like you can't make it you can't make something and god
1: wasn't gonna let me god that's one thing about god or whatever you want to believe in she ain't gonna let me fuck around and find out for too long she just won't No, that is just the theme of my life and i know that because i'm in such alignment with what i'm supposed to be doing and my purpose that I am divinely guided and protected, truly. And I see it all the time. And I am so scared to be out of alignment because I don't know what that looks like. I don't want to get back to that point in my life where I was reading my journal diaries when we were writing this book and I was so insecure about my purpose. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't feel like I was good at acting. Like I wasn't getting the audition, I wasn't getting the bookings that I wanted. I've been trying for years and years. You know, I was like, what, what am I good at? I don't know. You know,
0: I mean, people,
1: and that I'm not so I'm not willing to even and I know that I'm not it's not possible for me to go back to that place. But I'm not even willing to take the gamble of like my misalignment in my personal life and any other parts of my life to fuck up the flow
0: absolutely but the, i think it, it, j- during those times where you're f- you're facing like personal challenges you're not like aware enough to correlate the two because same like you know we've both had our our pl- we're, the places where we came from we didn't like start talking shit on the podcast our whole lives and this became successful but like we're young women as are like this is what people don't talk about is that there is a, 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 a there's always going to be a period where you're hopefully exploring exploring what fulfills you professionally personally and it takes trial and error and like even and women underestimate the amount of emotional um, how how a neg- negligent relationship can leave you insecure how an abusive relationship verbally emotionally whatever can can leave you so deeply insecure that it has you searching for yourself and like sometimes that's a good thing like that happened that needed to happen mm-hmm. And not that like he was uh, necessarily like um, uh, emotionally um, abusive to you, but he's a narcissist. So him putting himself and his traumas and his career always at the forefront, you kind of take the back seat to that and then expect also as a woman, like I should be supporting this person. His career is taking off, but it can leave you feeling like what the fuck? And, you know, even for me, I was in a relationship with someone very different also a narcissist but with less success and so a lot of his abuse was like talking down to me about what i was doing and how i wasn't changing shit and like you think you're doing lashes jam nobody gives a fuck you think you're ch- like what are you changing in the world and meanwhile this nigga's not doing shit but like years and years and years of abusive talk or talking down to someone from someone that you love and is supposed to care for you will leave you fucked up will leave you insecure will leave you feeling like am I enough or am I good enough or what is the next step for me? And I was just thinking about where I was when we started the podcast, because I broke up with my baby daddy, probably like a year ish before we like got, we started the podcast. Um, but I was still fucking around with him and I was still seeing him. We weren't living together, but I think that December, um, we had this incident that I write about in the book where I like, he was drunk. I was holding the baby and he hit me in my face and I bled. And I looked down at my hands and my like my nose was bleeding and I couldn't fucking believe this shit. And like that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, bitch. What are you about to do? and I think it's so unfortunate for me that looking back like it really required that I saw blood on my hands to actually put my foot down and even then I hadn't put my foot down because I think after that he took us on a trip to San Diego and I was like trying and I remember like being really early on in our friendship but like telling you these things but then still kind of entertaining him and you being like what and I'm like yeah I know but like Just not like, not even understanding my own actions and not really fully understanding, like I understood what had happened, but not fully integrating it. Like, no bitch, this person needs to be completely cut off. But the amount of time it took to build the confidence to completely walk away from that. And like, how do we not start the podcast? Like if that hadn't happened in December and we didn't start the podcast in March, like, I don't know how long it would have taken me to get out of that cycle, but like talking about it, talking about it, talking, having a friend who was looking at me like, bitch, are you crazy? And like, you know, like her baby daddy got a girl pregnant, and she didn't step back once. You know, but like very different, um, very different, ex- like blow ups that looked very different, but still having to, um, just rely on our own confidence and rely on our intuition to be like this. I don't know what this shit is over here. I never podcasted before, but this is definitely not it. And just like starting something and stepping into something brand new fresh off of nothing and just saying, fuck it, we're going to do it regardless because I really don't feel fulfilled in these other ways. And, you know, and just, like, also I, I don't fulfilled, feel, feel fulfilled in this relationship and I'm going to step away and do something new, which I think a lot of women have a hard time doing. Like, A, getting out of the 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 negative self-talk that you've been – you've inherited from a partner for a very long time. Yeah, I mean – or the talk you've told yourself. I mean for me it was the talk
1: I told myself. My my partner didn't really negatively he didn't talk negatively to me per se. No, he didn't. His 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 and I talk about this in the book too like he is highly um Ideas flow out of him. They've always just flown out of him. Like, he's super creative. He can just come up with... I mean, he's a rapper. Like, he can come up with shit off the cuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And before I met him, I was doing music and I was writing. And, um, you know, I I didn't really talk about this in the book. And maybe this is something... You know, we had someone on Patreon ask if there's anything that we haven't shared. Um, This side part? (laughs) I feel like a Donald Trump trying to like, have, have my comb over. Um, I <clears throat> we talk about, oh, someone on Patreon had asked if there was anything that we had left out of the book. And of course, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things left out of the book because we talk about a lot of shit on the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of touched on the fact that like he was ext- like highly, highly creative and, um, when I met him, I was working at Geffen Records. Oh, no. I was assisting Macy, actually. I was assisting Macy Gray. Shout out to Macy. And um, But I was I was ending that. I had been doing that for like three years. And within working with Macy, like I had started writing a lot. I'd even written with her a few times. And I was really, really pursuing my career as a writer. I wanted to be an artist also, but that just didn't happen. And then I got kind of uh, sexually abused by someone in the industry and and it really, not kind of, I got sexually abused by someone in the industry and it really turned me off to wanting to be an artist anymore.
0: I think that was in the episode called I Said No Motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and wow, you have a good memory.
0: <clears throat> oh, that was a pretty epic
1: title, so. <laughs> and um, so, you know, writing was my, my release and it would just flow out of me. I would just, I, I would be in the shower and I would write a little something. I would just. Anytime. I was always writing, always, always writing. And I remember there was this moment when I met Freddie and he, um, you know, we started off as just friends. Like he was just my weed dealer. And like he was really sweet and really like kind. And I I wasn't really even attracted to him. He was just like had a really nice smile. He was really funny. And I had a boyfriend at the time and he would come over and bring me weed. There was no like funny business going on. But I remember one time he was like, oh, you write, right? Like, I want to come over and you you can write. Like, we should write together. And I'd written with a lot of people before. And he came over and, like, I just saw, like, how quickly he was just writing things. And I immediately started feeling, like, insecure. insecure. Even though, like, it wasn't him. It was me. Right, right. You know, I immediately started feeling insecure. I was like, oh, my God. Like, is it good? Am I good? Like, he's been on, like, the freshman cover at that point. So I was like, he's kind of famous, but he's also my drug dealer. I'm confused. <laughs> he lives in a small apartment in Van Nuys. <laughs> um but you know after that after you know months of you know me going back and forth with my ex me and Freddie started you know going we got together very quickly like i think the first time we kissed that night we had like a lot of sex in new york and then like a week later he was my boyfriend and then like a month later or two months later i was moving in with him you met him in new york No, no, I met him in LA, but like we, I happened to go to, I had broken up with my boyfriend. I went to New York because Macy was filming for Colored Girls, the movie. And so I went out there and we had been texting or whatever. And he was like, I'm in New York. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's meet up. And we went out. We drank a bunch of tequila. We went to this spot. Oh my God, what's that spot? It's this hookah. It's this old hookah spot, like, oh God, downtown, Lower East Side. Um, And. I kissed him like I and he was like kind of shy like I was no one was gonna he I knew he wasn't gonna kiss me and actually my home girl slash not my home girl anymore that episode was what was that episode I don't remember it was about friends not being friends yeah. <clears throat> she was like oh you know Freddie Gibbs and I was like yeah he's my he's my I know him she's like oh he's fine and I was like he is
0: so are crazy, so, like are so dumb. She's like, "Oh,
1: he's fine. He's kind of fine." Actually, no, it wasn't Lauren. It was another girl that I know. Actually,
0: I was going to say, if it's her, this is very sketchy. No,
1: it wasn't her. It was another girl that I know. But she, whatever.
0: And all, all it takes is one bitch. To it was think one. You girl... could not be attracted to a nigga, and one bitch, will do one thing, and you're like, huh,
1: "Cause that's... I had still like, you want to win? Like, even the fact that he was in New York, not on my radar. That like, it was just like, that's my homeboy. That I, you know, we smoke weed sometimes. He's the weed dealer. He's cool. He smokes forty blunts a day. I'm not interested in that like that was a that was a major turnoff for me his smoking intake not for because i remember the first time we met he was bragging about that and i was like ew um anyway i go to new york and i guess he was out there doing something for his career some shit i still hadn't i really didn't know what he was doing i didn't i didn't listen to hip-hop like that but she was like oh yeah he's kind of fine and i was like he is and i was like maybe he is fine i, was like, I should kiss him huh literally basic as
0: fuck I should kiss him
1: so we yeah, went it's mine now bitch so we went out and then we went to this little Macy was DJing at this spot and then like you know this was the best when I was working with Macy I was drunk half the time um, and I just kissed him and then after that it was a fucking rap. like we went to the hotel room whatever we fucked for hours and hours and hours and then after that he was mine and I was his and you know at that moment like his his career was still going and he was still writing but like we never really wrote again together really and i was still trying to like get my career off the ground like trying to get like placements and stuff and it wasn't it wasn't happening i wasn't in the right spaces and then like watching him like literally like write rap after rap after rap he would like write like six songs in one day i was like am i good at this and so i started to really get insecure about it and it just really and then i remember like having this immense like crippling like writer's block like where i couldn't even write anymore at all and it was just so interesting how and this is just honest like his his success like made me feel like i couldn't achieve what he achieved and that's not it's it's not even like a it's not even his it's not a hidden problem it's a me problem I mean had he been a maybe a more emotionally aware mature partner at the age of 27 which come on like maybe he could have like you know helped me help me out with that and that and those feelings but I don't even know if I even vocalized those to him because I was kind of ashamed and it fucked with my confidence and I was thinking about like just now in in our space how confident I am and what I do and how, you know, we show up as as business women and what we offer and like just all the things that we've been able to, I guess, flex in a way that and as a woman too, that, like, I'm not I'm so unwilling. Like when, the moment my confidence starts getting fucked with, like, I got to go. I got to go. Well, and I I started to feel that way recently, like where my confidence, I was like, whoa. And it was, it's not in the workspace. It's in like, you know, the love space and woman space. And I was like, this is not even me. Like, I'm not the bitch that does this crazy shit. This is triggering my confidence in some way. And I'm not willing to like even entertain this idea that maybe like I'm not enough or that I need to like assert myself and I need to find out, I need to get to the bottom of this, you know, for, and it's like, no, 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 no. The moment you, the moment your relationships start to kind of trigger your confidence and, you know, in in the space of me and my child's father, like it really wasn't him. That was really me. And then like, I, I didn't, I chose not to really dive into that and try to figure it out. But when you're, when a partner or, or any type of person is triggering your confidence and it's not, they're, they're complicit in it. Like you have to, you have to kind of walk, not kind of, you have to walk away from that.
0: Well, I mean, also I think it requires that, like the level of confidence that we've now kind of walked, evolved into in this space is because we've worked at it and worked at it. And I think sometimes we're triggered by other people's performance. It's because we don't feel confident and, you know, like someone's performing better than us. And that requires, you know, a lot of self work. There's healthy triggers of, no. For sure, that's what I mean. Like when you see
1: someone, you're like... I want to do that. I can do that for
0: sure, absolutely. But I think when you're young, I think a lot of times women we fall into this. It's just a lot of questioning ourselves, you know. And then you don't, you can't. You only recognize this in this relationship because you know where you've come from, and you know who you know what you've like the confidence that you felt in this recent like chapter of your life. And so when you start to like decline back into that way, you're like, hold up, I've done way too much work for this. Mm -hmm. And same, like I dated someone, and there was a part I was like. Look, my nigga, (laughs) you're not about to come over here and fuck with this. Like, I know this is probably what you do generally, but like, I'm not that bitch. I've literally looked at someone in the face and, like, listen, I know this is obviously your tactic. You're probably like used to fucking with insecure, dumb, young bitches, but like, I am not that person. So you can just pack your shit up right now and keep it moving. Granted, he manipulated me a little bit more and confused me, but it's just like, I think even for young women listening to this episode, it's really important that you kind of be confident in yourself before getting into any serious relationship because a it's a distraction, and b you haven't fully like if you haven't fully figured out what you are and not to say like I'm still fully figuring out who I am and what I'm best at, and you can I can continue to evolve and like uncover these things. but I think we forget just the simple metric of how we feel after we leave people, and that goes with friendships too. Mm. And as you get older, you, you hopefully start to, like, kind of notice. But there was a time, where, even in my late 20s, I was around people that I was always around. And I'm like, you're not talking about fucking shit. Like, I cannot talk about the internet for one more second. Like, I will tune people out. And there is, there's times, like, when you start to evolve in certain ways, even the friends you've had your whole life. Like, I know a lot of people noticed during, like, COVID, people who are just obsessed with it, talking about Democrats and Republicans and shots. And I'm like, nope, these are not my people either. But, like... When you start to really dig into the substance of conversations and the way in which you feel after you leave people, you can better evaluate what really pours into your cup. And not to say everyone, like, don't make friends all beneath you so you can feel the most confident. But, like, people that just genuinely motivate you and inspire you and make you feel good. And there are sometimes people that just don't. Energetically, it just doesn't make sense. And it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, Or you
1: feel good in, in their presence, but the moment you leave, you don't. And that's also a sign, too.
0: Well, that's a trust thing. Like, you know, like, are you talking behind my back? Or, you know, the shit like that. Like, we we all have to have enough, um, just enough, like, self, self-awareness self to, to, A, question, is it me? Is it something that I'm an insecurity deep-seated in myself? Or is it the way this person is making me feel, you know? And it's just so important that we constantly be taking note of that in friendships and relationships because, Life is hard enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, life is hard enough. All the bitches are cute out here. Like, everybody's fine. You know, I don't know if you've seen, like, everybody's getting Botox. Everybody looks good. So, like, I can't bet on being the finest bitch in your phone. However, are you going to make me feel good, you know? And, you know, Erica, like, we're fine bitches, and we're cool, and... And I know that. And, and we're successful. And even without this this level of success, it's just about the confidence and knowing who the fuck you are and not letting anyone tell you differently because insecure people will try to bring you down. You know, someone, and that was even my issue with, my like, my child's father, it was like he was struggling so much with his own um, his own demons about not being at a level of success that he thought he was going to be at. And, you know, like we grew up together and he thought he was going to go to the NBA and he thought he was going to be a famous rapper. And like those things require effort. <laughs> hate to break it to you but when those things didn't begin to like translate into adulthood i think a lot of men experience this and this is not even like to throw shade i think it's real shit it's like you it's hard out here and like if you are not working hard to get it it's just like it feels discouraging especially for men there's so much pressure to be providers and protectors and You know, if you're not in that position when you think you're supposed to be, those insecurities will seed deep in you and you will start to spew jealousy at even your lover. And that is the sick shit, you know, and you and I started to notice that it's like, nigga, you're talking shit to me because you're not happy with yourself. And then the type of bitches I I am, like, I'm gonna start telling you about yourself. And, you know, I would like it's just crazy. Like, obviously, looking back now, I at one point, I really, really love this person. And I still have love for this person. We grew up together. I've known this person for fucking 18 years and we were best friends and all these things. But it it took like, it took a level of understanding to know that like he doesn't have the tools to heal. He didn't have the tools to figure out, like, damn, I'm unhappy where am I? I'm at, so I'm gonna take this out on this woman and talk shit to her about where she's at. Like, I bitch was in an esthetician school. I worked at a studio. I worked at a tax office. I had like 17 jobs, you know, always. But you know, for a lot of you know, a lot of younger boys or the youngest boy in families, they're coddled and they're um, enabled, and they don't really know how to find their way. And it comes out in a lot of ways, you know, and I just think it's unfortunate, like, for the women who sometimes attach themselves, wanting to, like, help them and nurture them. Because I was one of those women making press kits and I don't know <laughs> what the fuck, video treatments and shit. Like, I remember you showing me this. I, and I was just like, and then there comes a point where it's just like, nigga, I can't rap for you. You know, and like it just you have to really be careful of the company you keep because um, insecurity can breed jealousy and resentment. And um, it's real out here. You know, that shit is real. And you kind of have to be real about, you know, I know bitches always be like, ah, she's jealous of me. Sometimes bitches really are just jealous of you. And sometimes you're jealous of bitches Mm -hmm. and niggas. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of check yourself and figure out why and also be adult enough to just be like, you know, like, that's not me anymore. And, like, even for me, like, I've grown up in spaces with friends who are t- super privileged and have had, uh, like, inherited a lot of, like, jobs and positions. And uh, there would be a point when I was like, irritated like you fucking spoiled bitch but then i had to come to a point where like it don't got nothing to do with them what their parents set up
1: for them is actually a blessing they're mirroring something you don't have and that's exactly what that is you know you feeling insecure because you're seeing this and like why don't i have that oh they have that because of this and it's like yes but what do they do with that
0: right right And and it's just you know it's not easy to admit when you're the problem or when there's things that trigger you and it comes out in a negative way even recently somebody came in my dms like at 8 a.m i was so confused talking about it. i called them ugly, like they was, i said that they were ugly or they were old but i'm ugly and i literally was like who the fuck is this <laughs> and the girl was like i'm young bae's ex and i was like who literally somebody i dated five years ago and you know what I told Erica because well, I was heated at first. I was like, "Bitch, you've been harboring this for a long time," and I was like, "I may have said this to this nigga, but like, what if what a bitch ass nigga to be gossiping like a bitch five years later?" And then I you know I told the girl. I said, "You know what? I apologize if I said that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in the same place that I was, but like, I had to take somewhat accountability." Um, you know, women. We justify our things when there's niggas involved. Who is it? Uh, uh, she's ugly. And you, you, granted, you may feel that way. And everybody's not going to be beautiful. But just being able to be an adult and be like, you know what, girl, if this bothered you, I sincerely apologize. And I said it out of just being a bitch to this nigga. But it's just like there's a level of accountability that has to happen as we evolve. And just being like, certain things don't need to be said. And especially being in this position, I'm like, I need to go through my tweets (laughs) because, you know, like people are going, people are genuinely hurt by, by comments and by your words. And they, they, they carry power. And even in this, like this season of my life where I'm successful and I, I feel confident, I'm still recognizing where, um, verbal abuse still is really like heavy on me, you know, (laughs) like just little things like, someone calling me multiple times asking me where I'm at. Like I feel on edge all the time because I've been stalked heavily by a boyfriend. And it's just like, I have to be able to release those things and move forward to actually evolve and be a better human being and be a better adult. Even shit from childhood, even shit my mom does to me, even ways I, in ways I deal with her and just like really be like Michelle Obama and take the high road.
1: I feel you. I, I mean, it's same here. I mean, my, I think my, thing that i struggle with is being able to fully think that my successes are enough like this is enough or i don't even mean like enough like we end here but like even if i were to get an emmy like would that
0: would I still feel fulfilled?
1: Yeah, because I still feel a level of emptiness in my successes. To be a hundred percent honest,
0: not barefoot in a jungle. I
1: still mansion. feel a level of emptiness in my successes, and I know that's like
0: what you're not supposed
1: to say that as what like
0: feels empty. What part feels empty?
1: Empty I, is a strong word. I think maybe it's not. Maybe it's not empty. It's just a lack of presence. You know, even when we were at our at our book signing in L.A., all these people were talking to me. And at, there was a moment where Melanie, shout out to Melanie Fiona, she came over to me and she said, I hope that you're being present. Are you present right now? Because there's a lot happening. And I was like, I think. No, I'm, I'm not. I didn't tell her that because I didn't want her to know I wasn't. But that's how I like my first instinct was like, no, I'm not present. Like, this is a lot. I have a lot going on in my fucking brain, like talking, saying things. Feelings, worrying about other people's feelings, you know, just, and I think that I carry that with me into my successes sometimes of just like comparing myself to my my family successes, like my mom's success or my my father's success or my child's father's success. You know, I I don't really do that anymore, but there was a time where I I was, and that was why I was crippling. I was my my, I had these crippling writer's block, this (coughs) crippling creative block. (laughs) um comparing and you know we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for the book to be really successful which it has been shout out to our tribe thank you um but there was even that moment where I had to talk to myself and say girl listen whatever this number is this invisible ass number that you're trying to reach or whatever the fuck like so if you don't hit it what are you gonna do
0: Right is is, the, is everything not gonna count? What you
1: gonna do? Are you gonna be mad? You are gonna be like, this is all for nothing? Like what? And then I think about my childhood, and I was always highly competitive child. Like would cry every time I lost. <laughs> like I remember, like I used to do, I used to swim competitively, and I was super competitive in swimming. And every time I lost, it was like a thing. Like everyone knew I was gonna cry. If She lost. She better fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I don't know, I think that's a good thing, but I think I'm also wondering, I think that this, this need for more, like this more, more, more is, it's like from childhood. And I don't know, I think I'm just now because I'm having so many amazing successes and I'm noticing this thing, needing to know that I have to unpack that still. Like there's something there that I haven't really unpacked. I don't really know what it is yet. And I don't even know where to begin to figure it out, but it's something that I know I have to because I'm not going to stop being more successful. I, you know, like we're going, we're going in the direction that, you know, God has going, has us going, which is because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and in, in, in alignment with our, with our passion and our purpose, I'm only going to continue to be successful, but I want to be able to be really present in it. And there's been moments where I have been for sure. Is there like a I,
0: success? Is there's like a success pre- presence? Like, counselor? Like, I need to, I need someone to, like... Is it church? I'm just like, how do you be present? You <laughs> gotta go to church. Like, you're at a book signing, like, okay. Nom, 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 nom. You're hungry, kill. Like, it's so hard, because there's so, like, you're taking in a lot of energy, you're taking in a lot of messages, you're grateful, you're crying. There's just so many, it's, it's very uh, sensory. Like, it's high sensory. It's a sensory overload.
1: I think I'm almost getting to the point I think I'm I think I know what the answer I don't know what the answer to that question is but I think it's that none of this shit actually matters and that I know that I do feel my best even with the today show thing I was like I just want to like talk to the be with the bitches I just want to be with the people. I want to create circles, which is what we do with our retreats. That's where I feel when I'm sitting here with my sister talking in my little sister circle, that's where I feel like best and present when I'm in the, in the trenches in the good vibe retreat with 25 women in the jungle and we're talking and we're sharing energy and we're bouncing all these frequencies off of one another. That's where I feel successful. That's where I feel present. That's where I feel like, yes,
0: this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know,
1: but it's like, I don't know if I have like social anxiety, but when I'm in space, it's not social anxiety because I'm in social, in, in social spaces in these retreats and I'm totally, I feel at peace. But it's when I'm in these other spaces and these other circles and these other things. I don't know. It's hard for me to be present. And that's not, I don't even know if that's true because the book signing was our tribe. Those are our people. And I felt, I think there was just a lot of things happening in general, but I just felt like, like I was at my wedding.
0: I don't have social anxiety as much as I have personal anxiety. And like this week I had to tell myself, like, bitch, you have anxiety. And I've never thought I'd say that, like, bitch, you have anxiety. Like I never like I'm anxious as fuck. And not so much around people. Like I can as in fact, like being around I think when
1: you're around people, you become less anxious. Yeah, I become or less you anxious. You are able to
0: like move that energy around. Out of your home. But when I'm a, like in my own thoughts, my anxiety is so high. And I and, you know, I feel like oh I've really so I'm the opposite a lot of my anxiety is like safety is surrounded by safety. And it's just like, when will I feel safe? And I don't, it sounds crazy. Cause I've literally had to tell myself like, you're safe. Nothing's going to happen to you. Like, but like, I feel like I've never thought that I'd be the type of person to have anxiety. So like, I've never said that out loud like that, but like, it's just this like deep fear of just not being safe. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I did take a half of Xanax the other day, and I was like, "Wow, this is great." I Told you. But I, I'm, like, <laughs> That's why it, I I'm like, I started taking mushrooms, but I was like, this, is, "This this little pill is too much." But yeah, it's just like you, you work so hard and you do all the things, and it's just like, is it enough? And I literally, I was scrolling past Black Girl Bravado, and I they were saying the same shit, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, like, because
1: we have this culture of of do more, do more, do more, reach for the stars, reach for the stars, reach your full potential. And your full potential is expressed through work and action and checkpoints and dollar signs
0: and goals met. And if you don't have a private jet, then are you even doing anything?
1: I don't know about all that, but...
0: I mean... But
1: yes, but I mean, I I understand. Not
0: that, but you know, I don't want a private jet, but I do just want to be chilling, you know, like... Chilling, chilling, and yeah, I think I don't know. Are we ever satisfied? Fuck, I just, yeah, I just want to live in the jungle and retreat four times a year and just be like present and leisurely do things. Like, that's I want to just live in ease and pleasure. <laughs> Amen. So, do I anyway? I was gonna read this review. Oh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Actually, there was two that I thought. I didn't ask anyone if I could Wait, read. Wait, before
1: it. you read the review, let me. I'm gonna clear the energy one more time. This is from our friends at the Purple Purpose. Ziomara, the energy nurse, she sent us this bundle. It's
0: Maybe right? that's what we're looking for. the the, 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 the success present doula, the energy nurse.
1: <laughs> Tell me what to do. She gave us this beautiful sage, rainbow sage, and palo santo.
0: What was lighting so well before? There we go.
1: Everybody, let's just take a deep breath together.
0: Two more. Hmm. <sighs> Okie okay, dokie. First, happy Mama's Day. How fitting and appropriate that I finished the book on Mother's Day. Finding a moment to myself to read was challenging, but I did it. I read at work, the gym, and in my car. As I finish today, I'm feeling a bit empty and saddened because the book was like CPR. I laughed, cried, clutched my pearls, <laughs> and all the in-between. This book is a testament to what so many women experience behind closed doors. There, are, there aren't there are enough words in my vocabulary to thank you ladies enough. I thank you for your transparency and for sharing your stories. So much of what I read was were experiences I've had myself in my nine years in the hood. This book was therapy for me, group therapy. My heart, mind, body and soul needed this content. It was reassuring and confirmation to so many things that I've been on my that I've been on my mommy brain. From the depths of my heart, thank you both. I've never felt so visible and connected to complete strangers in in my life. I truly believe and feel in a kind of selfish way that one of the purposes you both serve in this life is to pour into and lift uplift other mommies. Not selfish, you are both a gift from God. I will cherish and treasure this book forever, as much as this, as much shame as the title exudes. Thank you for creating a safe, informative, supportive space for single moms, and for simultaneously paving a runway for single mothers to walk down confidently and with pride. I receive that. Mm. Thank you. I one hundred percent believe that a part of the purpose. The main purpose is to be able to pour into the moms and to make space, you know, and to remind you who the fuck you are. So thank you for seeing us.
1: That makes me feel so happy. Thank you. Because you know what? That pours into us. You know, that's what these messages from you guys do pour back into us. It's like a cyclical thing. We share our stories. We may not be able to sit in front of you and, and have these conversations, but we're in your ears. We're in your cars. We're in your living rooms. We're in wherever the fuck you're listening to this right now. And it's really intimate. And I'm grateful that I get to sit here and spend this time with you that you've dedicated to and to us, you know, it's
0: really welcome this into your home, your personal space and your personal time.
1: Yeah. And and then, you know, us pouring into you, like that's the gift. That's always my hope. But then these kind of things pour back into me and I'm just like still processing a little bit because we've been getting such great feedback and even reading that I'm like,
0: is this for me? This is, did we, we, you're talking about this? I mean, well, th- 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 that was our goal always in writing the book is that, like, we would pick stories and, and lessons that we've learned that would resonate with other women, but it just really feels good to know that they actually they do. are. Yeah.
1: yeah, they do. We didn't pick a card, my love.
0: Should we pick an affirmation? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, today's affirmation. I think we... Huh. Today's affirmation comes from find your tribe, and the affirmation is find yourself, then find your tribe. Mm. Find yourself, then find your tribe. You can't find your tribe if you don't know who you are. Your tribe will also help you a little bit, but you got to
1: have the foundation.
0: you got to have a tribe that is going to be open and willing to let you explore whoever it is that you are without shame or judgment. And I I know a lot of times it happens, you know, the opposite way. You you start to feel like you know who you are and then someone tells you that's not okay or that's not acceptable and then you kind of shrink back into your cage. But that's the goal is like once you're ten toes down and who the fuck you are, then you can better, you know, scoop out the ones that aren't with it.
1: Or even if you're not 10 toes, but you meet somebody or you hear or meet somebody else that is, stay with that person. Follow that person. You know, con- congregate with that person. If those are, if those are, if that sounds like us, come to the good vibratory. You know, like you're going to meet other women that are exploring what 10 toes down looks like for them and they need a space that feels open. That feels
0: safe to explore.
1: Yeah. Safe to explore. This feels like a place they're not going to be judged. They're going to be able to show up however weird, however, whatever the fuck they want. And, you know, I, I do believe that that is me and Mila's gift is the accepting of whatever the fuck you want and who you want to be, you know, and I'm just so grateful that we've created this community and this space for women to be that. And show up as themselves which in turn helps me show up as myself because i'm still ever evolving and still you know obviously a bottle of fucking anxiety still and in ways um but that's the point is to come congregate do the work do the exploration ask the questions question everything then reaffirm your fucking self and come back a new bitch yeah and uh we're going to Mexico in July, you guys. The trip is approaching. We're almost sold out. You need to just go ahead and book. It's the summer vacation that you deserve, that you need. It's going to be healing. It's going to be a little ratchet.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and a lot of luxury. It's very luxury. Every room is oceanside. Literally wake up to the ocean every morning, jump in the... Jump in the beautiful pool, overlooking the ocean, have a curated breakfast, do yoga yoga right on the cliff of the mountain while you watch the ocean, tides, it's
1: warm. Smoke a joint while you do that.
0: Be topless, dance, shake that ass, hug for a long time, stare (laughs) at each other for a long time, sit by yourself for a long time, be silent, talk, laugh till you cry. Literally endless. Get a massage, Mm ocean front. You know, all the things you haven't had a chance to do at home, just take a chance. Put down your deposit. It's only $500. You could pay until you get there and give yourself a motherfucking vacation. 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 Vacation extravaganza.
1: We have solo rooms. We have rooms you can come with your friend or or whoever, make a new friend. Ninety percent, I would say like ninety-eight percent of the women that come come by themselves. So don't wait for your homegirl to come and book and to come to come on this trip. You might need to meet some new homegirls, the ones that are gonna just go with the flow and do what you need to do for your best and highest self. So check out the good vibe retreat and you can see all the pictures there and, and feel the vibes and feel the energy. Um, so we pulled the Two of Cups, my dear. The Two of Cups shows a young man and a woman exchanging cups and pledging their love for one another. Above them floats the a winged staff with two snakes wrapped around it. I don't want to say that word. Basically, it's two people staring at each other. The upright version of this card means unified love, partnership, and mutual attraction. If the Ace of Cups represents the flow of love from within, the Two of Cups is the flow of love between two people. With this card, you are creating deep connections and partnerships based on shared values, compassion, and unconditional love. While these relationships are still in the early stages, they have the potential to grow and develop into something deeply fulfilling and rewarding in the long term. You have mutual respect and appreciation for one another. And together, you reach higher planes of consciousness and understanding. When the Two of Cups card appears in a tarot reading, you may enter a new partnership, perhaps with a lover, friend, or business partner. You both are focused on creating a relationship that is mutually beneficial, one that will create a win-win situation for both parties. You see eye to eye and appreciate what each other brings to the table. Um... In business partnership, the two of cups is a sign you are both on the same wavelength and share a similar vision for the venture you are creating together. You may not have the same skills as each other, but you create a beautiful beautiful synergy when you work together. Sounds like us.
0: Wow, look. Sounds like us. It is us, dear. I'm going to take a picture of that. We have created a beautiful synergy, a good partnership, and... Honestly, we've done a lot when we haven't given been given a lot of instruction. Figuring it out. Just figuring it out, and it's worked, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for you. I honestly don't know how I've done any of this shit alone. I mean, writing the book, traveling. like There's no one else I could ever travel for three weeks straight with and not hate after. It's not possible. It's a lot. It is a lot. And sometimes it's just a lot in general. It has nothing to do with us. It's just like... This is a lot. This is a <laughs> big responsibility that we've taken on. They were just looking at each other like...
1: One of us has an answer. So what should we do? Mila, what should you
0: choose this time? Well, I bought a quarter in the you, pendulum. You flip the coin. Did the, what are the coins? Okay, let's do it. That's genuinely how we take, you know, how we are making major decisions. We literally
1: made a very big decision this week with a pendulum and a coin toss. So it's basically it's going to work out. Um, speaking of bad choices, because some people might look at that as a bad choice, like making a business decision off of a fucking pendulum. Um, we have a, we have a challenge that we're doing that we're starting in June. You guys, it's the bad choices challenge. And you know, the reason we want to talk about this is because what we noticed when we were talking about our book is this is the question that people kept asking us. Like, what do you mean by bad choice? Like, are you really making bad choices? And the answer is both. (laughs) Because, you know, my bad choice might not be your bad choice and vice versa. And then also there are there are just bad choices. And sometimes we have to share those, too. Like when we feel really bad about a choice that we've made and we're beating ourselves up, sometimes we need to just share the thing so that someone else can affirm you and say, hey, I made that bad choice also. And look at me like you'll be okay. Don't worry. So um, the bad choice challenge is a challenge where we want to encourage you guys to join us in sharing one bad choice a week, whether that is you smoking outside, smoking a blunt um, while that baby sleep or, you know, going on a trip, dropping off, doing the, the the child switch, baby daddy about to go out, go out to go do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like all these things are, I think, images that we need to see more moms doing to normalize what a bad choice is and what a good choice looks for whoever the fuck you are as a mother.
0: No, I agree. If you have to go online and buy those stripper shoes to go to Miami next week, do it. It's a good choice. <laughs> and
1: then tag us, bad choices challenge. We want to see those strippers, those stripper shoes. I want to see those topless photos. I want to see you smoking blunts. I would like to see you getting your nails done um or just being honest about, you know, maybe a fuck up because we all fuck up, guys.
0: Or popping your B vitamin right before your date comes over <laughs> or right before you go to the club because you think you're gonna have a maybe a one night stand those are good choices for your
1: v vitamins is always a good choice let's just be honest you know we talk about rv vitamins all the time but that's because that shit works the shit literally increases your sex life and i don't mean your libido i mean the wet wetness
0: I mean everything if you suffer from yeast bv i mean like you take daily vitamins right there's no need that's the thing
1: is that why don't we think that our like our pussies need upkeep upkeep and care like we need to oil the pussy up it needs moisture don't forget to lotion your pussy ladies like don't skip the lotion on the pussy not lotion usually oils like lady sweet or any other sort of vulva oil but then also we have to take care of the inside of our bodies making sure a that we're eating right there's so many factors when it comes to like vaginal health that we as women literally ignore we'll be like why do i keep getting yeast infections and be eating fucking donuts every sugar every every night it's like girl you have to change your diet this is a living breathing organism organ that we have to like troubleshoot
0: i mean and it's just like such a powerful one too right it's like Our brain, yeah, but more powerful. So you really have to like, and
1: there's a confidence that comes when you know your your, this thing. Well, the pussy, but your body is is functioning at its has as it should. You know whether that's you know you exercising. But yeah, I think vaginal health too as women is such a taboo (coughs) topic. We get (coughs) (coughs) it's okay vaginal health is such a taboo topic and it's so important so many women suffer in silence men want to shame us all day long on the internet like this is the there's this is the portal of life there's a lot that's going on in here like it's not just a dick that squirts shit out so I think that we need to normalize women taking care of their wombs because they are intricate, they're complicated, they're sensitive, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: And they're all different.
1: And they feel delicious and warm and gooey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, on that note. Anyway, I don't
1: know how I went on the pussy tangent, but here I am.
0: Because pussies are important. <laughs> Hashtag pussies are important.
1: Power of the pussy
0: um (laughs) sorry
1: shut the fuck up now
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys for joining us for another another episode of good moms bad choices we are now high um but you know where to find us everywhere on all podcast platforms at good moms bad choices on instagram at good moms underscore bad choices you can find me at mila underscore map
1: um, you can find me at Watch Erica. Make sure you join our Patreon. We're actually having a Patreon event on May 31st. So make sure you join our Patreon to come to our last Patreon event of the month. And
0: get exclusive content and all the shit we don't talk about on here. Amen. And access to our close friends.
1: And we also are posting pictures there of things that correlate with the book so you can see just kind of the journey in picture form so make sure you check us out on patreon and we love you take care of yourself don't let these niggas get you
0: down bye, bye.